Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Ephesians 5.14 states, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That is written to believers. There is an awakening in our hearts that needs to take place as we glare into the finished work of Christ, the beautiful gospel. We become awakened. We see Jesus for who he is. Religion breaks off of us. We begin to walk in um, life. We we begin to uh, become empowered by his grace. And so, man, this is the heart. This is the message of Awakened Podcast. I love the gospel. I love diving into the gospel. I love interviewing amazing people from around the world. Um, I love breaking down the scriptures, just diving into the scriptures, breaking things down, really religious mentalities and, and different lies that we believe um, in Christendom that that hold us back from experiencing the fullness of God in our daily lives. And so this is my passion. This is my heart. If you are new to the show, um, we are now doing videos. If you're watching on YouTube, um, we weren't doing videos for a while. You could find our audio content over 140 episodes now. Um, you could find it on charismapodcastnetwork.com every Monday and Thursday a new show is released. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Right now, I am in a series entitled The Sermon on the Mount. I'm literally going through scripture. At the beginning of this year, I had a series entitled First Love Fire. It was a 10-part series. We defined first love, shared a lot of stories there as well as scripture, and then what hinders us from being in that place of first love and abiding there, and then how can we return to first love. Also had a series in the fear of the Lord, define the fear of the Lord in a biblical way where we're not scared of God because he's some mean tyrant in the sky, but also we're not living complacently with no fear of the Lord in our lives. And so lots of scripture in that series, a four-part series. Also had a a small series on no separation from God. And I spoke about was Jesus truly separated from God on that cross when he said, oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? And so that is a really insightful episode, tuned into part one of no separation from God. And so now we're going into the Sermon on the Mount. It is a conviction of my heart that God wants us to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. He wants the church to be loving, to be kind, to be gracious. James Gall said there is a revival of kindness coming and I keep quoting that because you know I love the power of God I love the miraculous I love the gifts of the spirit but at the same time we need a revival of kindness the world will know that we are disciples by the love we have for one another that we have a supernatural love that many don't experience apart from Jesus it is otherworldly it comes in Christ and you know those that forget and this is what the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount is all about living this life um, in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, not in our own strength, not in our own abilities. And so definitely tune into part one. I, I lay a strong foundation there in part one about the heart of this sermon, as well as Jesus was speaking to the Jews of his day. That was his audience. We need to understand that as well. And so I'm going to read uh, verses 13 through 20 today, and I'm just going to break them down shortly. But I just want to go into this sermon and I want to begin to divide it up because I feel like there's there's <laughs> this message is still preaching and speaking to this day and the spirit of truth is highlighting these words the words of christ on our heart so we could walk in authentic freedom okay and so this is verse 13 in the last episode i broke down the beatitudes blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are the gentle blessed are the meek blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness and after he goes through all the blessings of living a meek life and living a life that Um, If you're persecuted, you bless others. And he went into all of that. And so now verse 13, this is the same sermon. This is the same message. Even though it's broken up by verses and broken up by chapters, it's the same sermon. So Jesus is sitting upon the 
mountain, it says in the beginning of Matthew 5, and he is delivering this message to the people. And so verse 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by people. Verse 14 and 15. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house." You, your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Essentially in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? Salt makes you thirsty as we live this life before Christ in Christ and we're manifesting the fruit of the spirit. People see that we carry something that, that is, is confusing to them. How come you're so patient? How come you're so kind? How come you're so loving? You have testimonies and stories of supernatural things taking place, miracles happening for your family, how someone was depressed and now they are full of joy, how somebody was sick and now they are healed. Like what is going on? And when we share the gospel and as we share the testimony of Jesus, they become thirsty and they hunger for what we have and they could hunger and thirst for righteousness like Jesus said in the Beatitudes so they can be fulfilled and they can be filled. And so Jesus is saying, Hey, listen, we got to be salt in this earth. We got to share the gospel, not just with our words, but with our lives and with our actions. We cannot just be hearers of the word, but we must be doers of the word, just like James says in his epistle. And so by saying if we lose our saltiness, if we lose our taste, it is very hard. Like when we decide to be complacent and we decide to be trapped in intimidation and fear and not wanting to share the testimony of the Lord and not wanting to shine who we truly are. It's so hard to get that, that fervor and that passion back. It's not easy. And at the end of the day, you know, he is saying that he's, he's using pretty strong language here. Essentially, he's using very strong language saying that, you know, if we lose our taste, then, hey, I truly believe this does not have to do with salvation that, hey, if you don't share the gospel, God's going to throw you out and you're to be trampled underfoot. I don't believe this passage is talking about the afterlife or talking about hell. I just believe it's saying like, man, if we are meant to be the salt of the world and we are meant to be light in this world and we're not living in that way, oh man, it kills us on the inside. It truly does. We're not operating in who we truly are and we've become useless in some sense. It's just like you feel that death, you feel that that brokenness and that pain when we're not truly operating in our identities. And so in verse 14, he's saying, you must shine your light. You are light in the Lord. It says in Ephesians and Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world. You cannot hide yourself. There is something so profound and something so powerful about when you encounter Jesus, when you receive a miracle, when there's a testimony in your life to to share that. It says in the book of Psalms, um, ah, man, I don't have chapter and verse right now, but may the redeemed of the Lord say so. And the apostle Peter in first Peter says that we were made to proclaim his excellencies, that it is woven on our inner, um, innermost being that we were created to share this gospel and to share the testimony of the Lord. We were made and created to proclaim who he is in the earth. And if we don't there's something that takes place on the inside of us, an emptiness. We are not manifesting and we are not living and we are not walking in the fullness of who we truly are, our identity in Christ, our born again nature is to share. And so, and it's also liberating when you're, when you're saved and you share your faith. We're not trapped in the bondage of fear. 
Fear is a bondage according to scripture and it feels trapped when we can't share our faith or we can't, you know, truly be who we are and confess Jesus as Lord, that we're saved, that we're believers. There is a fear attached to that, fear of what people think, fear of what people will say. There's a bondage of fear. And so we are not meant to be hidden. We are a light and our nature is to shine. So he's saying shine. Do not in fear and intimidation hide who you are. You are light. That's who I made you to be. And I'm speaking to somebody right now. Be who God has made you to be. Do not be crippled by fear. Come to the Lord and say to him, God, I can't do this without you. God, I am scared. Call it for what it is. That is repentance. God, I repent. I am sorry. I don't know where this fear has come from. I don't know why I'm crippled. Or maybe you do know why. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe There's a long line of people that just struggle with fear in your family, but that can stop with you. The blood of Jesus was spilt for us to access freedom and faith, to break free from fear and bondages. That can stop with you. And you must believe that. We must trust that. And we must take a stand. And so Jesus, he's just telling you, this is who you are. And this one verse kind of in verse 16, where it says your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Because Jesus later on, which we'll get into later on in the Sermon on the Mount, he's pretty much telling them like, you shouldn't be living for people's approval or their praise. You shouldn't be praying and worshiping and tithing for people to see you because you have your reward. But here he's saying that you should let your light shine before people. And it's two different things. One, you know, when Jesus was rebuking, correcting was that we are doing our good deeds before people so we can receive applause and affirmation and we have our reward, people's praise and adoration of us. That's our reward. We will not be rewarded in heaven. But what he is saying here is let your light shine before people because when you do, they will see that you have a true father in heaven, that you are a true child of God and they will rejoice and they will say, God is real. You are a son of God. Your, your father in heaven must be real because of what is taking place in your life. It brings glory to him when we live out this gospel, when we don't just talk about it and become hypocrites, but we actually live it out. It brings joy to the heart of God. It glorifies him and many will be saved by seeing Jesus in our lives. And I'm going to tackle this next section here. Jesus kind of moves on and he transitions a bit, but he says in verse 17, do not presume that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill for truly, I say to you until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of a letter shall pass from the law until it is accomplished. Therefore, whoever nullifies one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Then he goes on to verse 20. For I say to you, unless your righteousness far surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot going on here. But essentially what Jesus is saying, just to sum it up, he is saying that, hey, listen, don't say the Ten Commandments are bad. Don't say there's a different God in the Old Testament giving the laws that we must not, you know, abide by the laws. We must not, you know, like rip that part of your Bible out. Like don't read the Old Testament. That's Jesus saying, no, I came to fulfill it. That's an old covenant that was fulfilled in his body, in his broken body and in his blood. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus lived as a man completely um, in union with God. He was fully man, fully God, but he was in union. He couldn't do anything 
everything without his father is what he said. So he showed us what it's like to be man clinging to his father, living obediently. He lived the life that we could not live and he died the death that we deserved. Jesus walked this earth and he fulfilled the commandments in every single way. He did not turn away in unbelief. He did not you know, have lustful thoughts and desires. He lived as perfect humanity and he fulfilled the law. And now the covenant is not between God and man like the old covenant. The new covenant is between God and Jesus and Jesus is God, but it's between Jesus and God. And when we believe we are in Christ, Jesus fulfilled our end of the covenant. So he's saying, I'm not I do not throw away the law, but the law is not for believers. It's for unbelievers, according to the apostle Paul. So they could recognize that they are sinful and they need a savior. And so Jesus is saying, don't forsake the law. Do not throw away the law. I came to fulfill the law in every way. And don't you dare teach people to throw away the law because that's not my heart and that's not the truth. The law is great for unbelievers, but now there's a law of liberty and freedom in Christ where we're not o- obeying laws written on external tablets or on paper, but we are living, anointed, baptized in the spirit with his laws written on our hearts. We're empowered by the spirit of God. His uh, living according to his nature is now in us. We desire to live that way. Now, I love this last verse and I'm going to end it with this last verse. Jesus is saying, for I say to you that unless your righteousness far surpasses that of the scribes and that of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. He's talking to Jews here. He's talking to people that grew up with the law. They grew up with the five, the first five books of the Bible, the Psalms, the Proverbs. Um, they grew up with all of the minor prophets and, and, the, and the major prophets. And so they are used to the law and they are used to, you know, Pharisees and Sadducees walking around and, you know, saying this is what you must do to have a relationship with God. This is what you must do to be pleasing to God. And if you don't do these things and you're a sinner. And so there was this view of what righteousness looked like. And so essentially what he's saying here is, hey, listen, you cannot earn righteousness. You cannot do enough righteous deeds to get in Christ. There is not. There's not an amount of righteous deeds that you can do to get into the kingdom. Your righteousness, righteousness, excuse me, needs to surpass that of the scribes and Pharisees. You cannot just have a man-made righteousness look um, on the outside. It looks like I've got everything right, everything perfect. All my ducks are in a row. No, that is not the pathway of salvation. Jesus, we could not climb our way to God, so God came down to us, put on human skin, lived the life we couldn't live, died the death that we deserved, rose on the third day after being crucified to death, rose on the third day, triumphant over the powers of darkness, over the power of sin, and now all who believe in him are now in Christ, secure in Christ, hidden in God, in Christ Jesus. We now get to reap his blessings and benefits. We do not reap our actions We reap the actions and the benefits and the obedience of Jesus Christ. And so, yes, there is sowing and reaping, which I should probably get into an episode about just the natural law of sowing and reaping. It is a spiritual law as well and how we can reap in the natural. But at the same time, our salvation is not contingent upon our works like it was with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Our salvation is contingent upon the work of Jesus Christ. And that is our confidence. That is is our merit. He is our merit. And so our righteousness needs to surpass the righteousness of filthy rags. Our works are filthy rags before God, according to the prophet Isaiah. Our righteousness is founded upon the perfect son, 
We are perfect, not because of perfect actions on our end. We are perfect because Jesus, the perfect one, lived a perfect life and his record has become our record. His obedience has become our obedience. His merit has become our merit by grace and through faith, we get to experience that reality. And Jesus is pointing the Jews to a new covenant reality here. And so that is... um, a takeaway here on the Sermon on the Mount, I want to challenge you guys, if you're having a hard time sharing your faith and you're crippled with fear and intimidation, take these words of Jesus to heart. You cannot do it in your own power and abilities. You can do it in him and just come to the Lord in the secret place. Close your door, get in a prayer closet, get alone, get in your car, put on some worship music, come before God and say, God, I can't do this. I'm struggling with fear. I'm riddled with fear. God, I need you. Whatever's impossible with man is possible for you. I need you, Father. Break this fear off of me. In Christ, I am fearless. That is my identity, and I want to walk that out. I want to be salt in the world. I want to be the light in this earth. I want to be who you created me to be. I'm sick of fear. I'm sick of that bondage, and I just pray that you would press in. That is a challenge point for you guys today. I pray that you would press in to that because your portion and your inheritance is freedom, completeness, confidence, where you could share your faith and be unashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then also, you must know that the law is good. It has a purpose. But our righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and Sadducees. We have righteousness in the Lord Jesus Christ. The laws for unbelievers, they could see how sinful they are and that they need a savior. But Christ and his righteousness is, an, is the end of the law for those who believe. And so we now have the law of liberty, looking at the perfect son of God, looking at his work, his shed blood, his broken body, his resurrection from the grave, made a public spectacle of the enemy triumphing over him. And now we get to walk that out in confidence and victory. We are born again. We are now born from above. We have his mentality and we get to manifest who he is in the earth. That is what these Beatitudes are all about. And this is what the Sermon on the Mount is all about, that we could live from the heart, not from outward obedience, but we could live from the heart and manifest obedience and walk in obedience because our heart is now changed. We have a new heart in Christ. And so tune in. We have more great interviews to come here. So many amazing people coming on the show lined up for Awaken Podcast, as well as we're going to have several more parts on the Sermon on the Mount series. We're only a portion through this thing. And so make sure to keep tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed and awakened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching week after week, every Monday and Thursday with new episodes releasing. Bless you guys. Love you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. 
but connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.com org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you